0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, this is Scott Pollard, and you are listening to The Jake Brown Show. Get at it. Please
1: rise and remove your hats for the national anthem.
0: What so proud lay away at the twilight's last gleam? Whose ruts rise and brine die through the pair of last five. Fergie.
1: Whoa, the blues rendition. The most wild rendition of the National Anthem you have ever heard by Fergie. This is the Jake Brown Show on Radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify. But Pat, that wasn't the only bad National Anthem that we've heard. Let's compare Fergie to some others, shall we? that was as bad as it gets. And Pat, let me hear him.
0: And, the
1: the and another one. And, bright stars and, the life. Oh. and another one. And our thoughts on those performances, Mr. Hung, would be this.
0: Crazy, cause she looks like a flop, but she stings like a bee. Like every girl in history. Here's the dance, too. She bangs, she bangs. Thank I'm you. wasted by the way. Well,
1: in in one of the great Billy Madison lines ever, our thoughts on those national anthems and Fergie's National Anthem on, uh, before the All-Star Game on Sunday would be this.
0: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul.
1: This is the Jake Brown Show, radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Show and at Jake Brown Radio. You can check us out now on Facebook Live from the in-studio camera. Taz would be mad if he knew someone else was was cheating on his cameras. Um, But we are using them Facebook Live. Check it out. Like the Jake Brown Show on Facebook. uh, Like Jake Brown Radio on Facebook. We had to open up with that just absolutely wild rendition of the national anthem by Fergie on Sunday in Los Angeles before the all-star game, which made you feel like you were either watching a blues performance gone wrong or you were in a gospel choir because Fergie was, I mean, you know, you know the line from Anchorman, Pat, let's, let's play it because that's exactly what it was. Anchorman? Step Brothers, excuse Step me. Let, let's play what we thought of that from Step Brothers.
0: This is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus.
1: Literally. You could rarely use that line, and and you could rarely use it, and it actually is Fergie.
0: Oh, yeah, baby.
1: I mean, that is a tough act to pull off, what she did. I mean, her national anthem. You are fake, dude. That's what it was. Let's just keep the national anthem real and let's honor our country, right? I mean, what was she doing? And she apologized, and it was a wild start to the all-star game. The game itself was entertaining. Team LeBron won over Steam's, Team Stefan, 148-145. In, in LeBron fashion, of course, he wins the all-star game MVP, which did not shock us at all, really. 29 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists for Team LeBron. Team Steph had a nice performance from Joel Embiid, who had 19 points, eight boards. DeMar DeRozan and Damian Lillard both led Team Steph with 21. But that set the tone early, that national anthem. I mean, Fergie said, you know what? I'm here to stay. It's been a while. I might be all plastic, but I'm Fergalicious. And that national anthem was disastrous I mean, it was... Uh, just a wild performance. What the what the game was, was entertaining. I think the NBA All-Star game loses its luster almost every year. When I went a few years ago in Toronto, you had the Kobe storyline and his final All-Star game, and that had some intrigue to it. Uh, in New York, it has intrigue to it because it's New York. Um, it's, L.A. is L.A. It has intrigue to it. Will LeBron be playing here more next year? I think the draft was a, a good concept, and I think that did work in some aspects. I think having guys from different conferences play each other is cool. I think it's different. I think it's unique. My problem with it a little bit is the fact that you don't know who is who. Maybe change the jerseys or something, but it was just black and white jerseys, and you weren't sure who was Team LeBron and who was Team Steph. So maybe even make it something were like it's one of their faces in the middle of the jersey. I don't know how that would fly, but it was a little confusing determining who was on what team. But I think seeing different guys play against each other from different conferences is is something the All-Star game needs. It's, it kind of bolsters it on the resume, so I think that was that was important. And we had a good competition. The game came down to the final minute. And as per usual in these kind of games, when the check is on the line down the stretch – when it's all about that check, these guys were playing hard the last couple of minutes because, I mean, they get paid more if they win the game. So that's when you saw guys really trying, giving their all. To keep it more competitive, $100,000 goes to each of the the winning team members. I mean, that is a huge amount. Think about that. These guys are playing for extra hundred grand. That's double what the other guys are getting. Before this season, the winning team received $50,000 each. Now the winning team is, receive, is receiving double, $100,000. The losing team got $25,000. So, I mean, you know what? For... Maybe for guys not making as much, that's a bigger deal. But when you look at these rosters, I mean, who is not making as much? You got LeBron making a ton. Durant making a ton. Anthony Davis is making a ton. Kyrie's making a ton. Russell Westbrook's making a ton. Paul George's making a ton. Andre Dummond's making a ton. Bradley Beal newly making a ton. Oladipo's making a good amount. Maybe a guy like Kemba Walker making twelve million. He likes it. Or maybe a Goron Dragic likes it but he's also making a lot. He's making around $17 million, and LaMarcus Aldridge making a lot. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's a guy not making a lot, right, Jake? No, you're wrong. He's making $25 million a year. DeMar DeRozan, similar. Embiid just got a new big deal. Steph got a new big deal. I mean, look at these rosters. You don't have it like we're in baseball where it's a rookie making half a million is stealing some money. Harden's making a boatload more than all these guys. Damian Lillard boatload. Kyrie, Kyle Lowry boatload. Clay Thompson boatload. Draymond Green boatload. Al Horford boatload. I mean, these guys are just making a ton. The guy who I guess could use it most is Carl Anthony Towns. Who is making just over six million this year? So Carl Anthony Towns was like, you know what? I would take that right now. Unfortunately, he was a member of the losing team. But every one of the winning team members, the one who is making the the least amount, would essentially be Kemba Walker at twelve million. So I, I guess that if you look at it that way. Kemble was glad about the $100,000 check. But I think the idea works, and I think it's so obvious, and it's going to happen. Adam Silver talked about it. They're going to have the draft next year. They're going to have a draft to determine. The interesting part about that is the guy who gets picked last. There's going to be a whole bunch of petty wars, as it always is in the NBA, of the guys who are getting picked last on whatever team. Maybe switch it up. Maybe not team LeBron's team stuff, but of course it's going to be LeBron. It's always LeBron this, LeBron that. So it's going to be LeBron, but I think it did work. So I'm I'm glad it worked. It was competitive and it was different. There's a couple of changes you could do. The draft is going to happen. Adam Silver said it. I think maybe changing up the jerseys a little bit, make it a little bit more clear. I don't know how, but uh, the, a way to maybe make it more clear. Um, but overall, I think it was success. It was a successful game, a successful weekend. Because the three-point shootout was solid. Devin Booker took home the title. I thought the dunk contest was very good this year. I thought Donovan Mitchell was awesome. He had some tremendous dunk. I think Larry Larry Nance Jr. pulling off the double tap off the backboard like he's on Instagram was really cool. I thought Dennis Smith Jr. might have had the best overall dunk he I mean, went backwards and then through the legs. I thought that might have been the best dunk of the dunk contest that got a little bit overlooked. One thing that they could change and I know, listen, you know I love DJ Khaled. We, we've inter- I've interviewed him. I was nervous as heck for that. You love the guy. Why is DJ Khaled one of the judges for the NBA dunk contest? The highest he's jumped is to grab a bottle of Apple Ciroc in the top drawer that Chef D might have grabbed for him. Why is he – I know he's in everything, every award show, every everything today. Khaled is there. But why is he judging dunks? There was one or two times he gave a guy a nine you're like Khaled. Well, I mean, why is Khaled – let him stick to the fourth. Let him stick to the music scene. I, I, I like the celebrity aspect of it in some senses, Changing it up because it's, it's all a popularity contest. That's what NBA All-Star Weekend is. That's what MLB All-Star uh, Week is. It's all about popularity, but not T.J. Khaled. Let's at least have someone who's played basketball in their life do it and not this big fella. And not to hate on a big guy. I'm a big guy. But let's let Khaled take a backseat and take care of Assad a little bit. Let him take care of his son and not... Be a judge of the dunk contest. It was funny how uh, Dennis Scott did call them all out, and Dr. J was like, they'll know a good dunk by how we judge a good dunk because they've never dunked before.
0: Yeah, and he should. Uh, and it,
1: yeah. w- 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 the other the other Was rep, it Chris Rock? Chris Rock. And Mark Wahlberg. And Mark right. Wahlberg. I mean, a little bizarre, but at least they've they've probably played a little bit of basketball. We've seen Cal try and shoot before, and he's airballed. I mean, Speaking of Chris Rock, I mean, just an absolutely hysterical new comedy special he had on Netflix. I watched it the other night. It was amazing. I mean, he is so freaking funny talking about a lot of stuff. Talking about being in a marriage, and he said, You got to bang. Another word for bang, that word. We're trying to keep it cleaner here on the show. (laughs) Try not to curse. So he said, and he talked about it, and he's right. I mean, in a relationship, very important. And maybe that went sour as we change into a totally different subject here. It's Chris Rock, but hilarious comedy special. But anyway, no Cal next time, but overall, a good dunk dunk out. Mitchell is just winning. Mitchell's winning life. Nobody barely heard of this guy. And he's been absolutely sensational for the Jazz. He's got the Jazz rolling and in the playoff race right now. It is amazing what he's done for that team as their leader. They lose Gordon Hayward, and they're almost better. They're 30-28. and 28. They've won 11 straight games. And even at 30-28, still a game and a half back of the Pelicans for the 8th seed. So it shows you where they were. They went 11 straight. And they're still a game and a half out of the playoffs. Think about before they had won 11 straight. They were 19 and 28. Think how far behind. They would essentially be almost a dozen games out. And now they're a game and a half. I mean, they're probably around 10 games out. I mean, what a transformation Donovan Mitchell has done with the Jazz. And I'm happy for him. And you really wish the Knicks would have picked them. You really wish the Knicks would have, as a Knicks fan, would have picked Dennis Smith Jr. But you can't win them all, I guess. You just can't. And they clearly didn't win that battle. This is the Jake Brown Show, radio.com, iTunes, Spotify. Fergie stole the show to start it off. The game was entertaining. It was a high scoring. It wasn't one of those 200-point games. I like to see if they make it at 200, um, but it was good. And, and, and give LeBron – I'll give LeBron credit for not shutting up in dribble. I, I don't think that was a statement that needed to be said. It was just not necessary because he is – and it's not just him. I know he thinks it's just him, but it's a lot of these guys that people look up to that do have an important voice. And the lady who kind of started this all up, uh, the Fox News pundit Laura Ingraham, who said that, listen, we all know her name now. We never knew who it was before. And what's funny about it, I'm not trying to get too much into politics here, but what's funny about it is Fox News always has some random celebrity do their do interviews? I mean, they've had. I mean, Lavar Ball. I mean, they've had Kurt Schilling. They have plenty of athletes who have voices come on their program. Yet they're going to say to the the face of the NBA, kind of here, LeBron James, to shut up and dribble. You know, and and Long, Chris Long on the uh, on the Eagles said it best. I mean, he kept posting, Chris Long kept posting the screenshots of people who have been on Fox News who have talked. And it was it was something for her to get relevant, and it worked. Not like she'll get fired over it. But I'll give props to LeBron. You got to speak up in your finish out there. And he did that. But... Uh, it's the second half of the season and I think what we're watching for here in the second half of the NBA season as we start to also transition in a baseball which I'm so excited about with especially the weather today in New York 60 plus degrees 70 degrees tomorrow and I gotta work at MLB tomorrow and it's the one day you got to work and it's 70 degrees I'm, I'm complaining but everyone's working on a Wednesday so I shouldn't. But when you have weather like this, you just want to be outside. Right now, I want to be outside and not in here. It's amazing. I'm wearing shorts today. I really pulled out all the stops. Shorts, autographed jersey, Charles Jenkins, Hofstra's Zone Warriors jersey. And when I met Terrell Owens at a charity event, not a charity event, at his prototype 81 showing for his new brand, he signed to Jake Terrell Owens. And now in the Hall of Fame. Congrats to T.O. for finally getting in. We don't have to hear him talk about him now and how he should be. And when we talk with Eric Dickerson about that, he is in. Congrats, Terrell Owens. Well-deserved Hall of Fame spot. Forget everything he said off the field. Forget all the actions off the field. Forget the reporters that didn't like him. His numbers spoke for themselves. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And we finally got it done. So congrats to T.O. I'll tip my cap that is signed by you Because you weren't the greatest off the field. We know your antics. We know everything that happened. But in terms of a pure football player, one of the best receivers to ever do it. And the numbers speak for themselves. So glad for T.O. to finally get in. But back to the NBA. The second half of the season here. We're gonna watch for the Cavs. That's obvious. We're gonna see if this new roster can gel. They looked great with Rodney Hood and and George Hill in there, and Larry Nance, and all these guys they brought in, Jordan Clarkson. Almost an overhaul of their roster. We're gonna find out if they are indeed still the team to be in the Eastern Conference. I think they are. We're also, I mean, really, we're waiting for the playoffs, and that's kind of the the bad thing about the NBA is we're waiting for that one matchup in the east and we're waiting for the one matchup in the west which at this point we look at as warriors rockets the spurs with with their injury problems and who knows about Kawhi leonard have been a question mark and i know we never really respect the spurs regular season because they rest a lot of guys and they're about a playoff team and they're veterans and we always count them out but this is a weird year for the spurs so we look at the rockets and the warriors really as the cream of the crop and really, the Rockets are the cream of the crop. 44-13, and 13, they're the best record in the NBA. The Warriors are a half game behind. And the Spurs are at third, but at 35-24, 10 games back. It is essentially a two-team show. Maybe the Thunder surprised some people with the big three in the playoffs, but in the East and the West, it is a two-team show. And, and everyone will say, don't disrespect the Raptors. The Raptors right now are the one seed in the Eastern Conference. But will the Raptors get it done come playoff time? That has always been the debate. Can the Raptors be the cream of the crop in the playoffs? Can they top Goliath, which would be the Cavs, and then right below them the Celtics? Cavs are 34-22, and 22, but I don't think their regular season record matters. It's all about what they do come May, come June. But maybe this is the year the Raptors say, you know what, we're here. And maybe it's the Raptors we talk about as that team to beat the Cavs. Or maybe the Cavs are the odd man. I just think the new look Cavs are a better team and they got rid of some of the, not cancers, but some of the guys who weren't great. And it's the Cavs. I just think it's the Cavs conference to lose now that they brought in reinforcements. But i love to see the Raptors do it. And the Raptors, here's the thing about the Raptors. What we think when we hear Raptors is still Vince Carter. They're such, a, such an outside team, just because they're out of the country and no one talks or cares about them, that even if they had 50 wins right now, if they were, say, 50-7 and seven instead of 41-16, and 16, I still think people are going to be talking about the Cavs and the Celtics just because they're not the sexy team. And DeMar DeRozan isn't the sexy all-star player, yet this guy is playing at an astronomical level and he's an absolute mid-range king. I mean, he makes every mid-range shot. He's averaging 23.7 a game. But no one wants to talk about these Raptors. And even at 50 wins, I don't know if we talk about them. It's true, though. You really just think of that organization, the face of that organization, was Vince Carter? Maybe he passes it to Kyle Lowry, but I don't think people look at Kyle Lowry in amazement and they're like, "This guy's a legend." Vince Carter was the legend for Toronto. So I don't, I don't, I don't know about the Raptors. We'll see. I think we should show them respect, but we have to see it come playoff time. So that's what we're watching in the in the East and the West. We're we're watching to see if the Rockets can trump the Warriors. We're watching to see if the Thunder come playoff time could get it done with the big three. Maybe we're seeing if Minnesota can grow. I know Pat is a huge fan of the Timberwolves. They are the 4C, 36-25. and 25. We're seeing if that young team could do something in the playoffs. See how that team grows here in the second half. I think Denver has surprised some people, but I think a lot of people predict them to be a playoff team. And I think it's interesting to see the Clippers still in the race at a half game back we'll see if they fall down and we'll see if Utah stays hot. I love to see Donovan Mitchell lead Utah to the playoffs. They'd have to knock out either Denver, Portland or New Orleans. I could see New Orleans slipping cuz I don't think they're that good. Um and I could see Denver slipping. I think Portland could fall out of that those bottom 3 are are iffy. One of those is is might be the odd man out for Utah, but it's it's probably just Utah. Cause I don't know if the Clippers will hang around here in the second half after trading Blake Griffin. They're seven and three in their last 10, but can the Clippers still hang around here? The jazz are so hot that you cannot count them out. So it, it's really going to be rockets, warriors you watch. And maybe if you see if San Antonio or Oklahoma city sneaks in there and we'll see the growth and development of Minnesota and see how far they are away from being a major contender. Other than that, I don't see any sh- any shakeups in the, in the West really. And the East, we watch for Toronto. We'll see if they could gain some respect. We watch for the new look Cleveland, and we'll see how consistent Boston can be. Been a little inconsistent lately, and they've lost three straight. But can they get a stranglehold in that Eastern Conference? Two games back right now, Cleveland six and a half back. I don't think anyone's showing Washington much love, especially with John Wall out. Indiana surprises a little bit. Milwaukee. I don't think anyone's too crazy over Philly is hot right now. They've won five straight, and they're an intriguing story, and I think that would be an intriguing matchup if they play Toronto. Miami, they've been struggling lately. They're the eight seed right now. Detroit, after Detroit, everyone's falling on. Charlotte is, is five-and-a-half back. The Knicks, seven-and-a-half back. It is essentially those eight teams And then Detroit now with Blake Griffin in the Eastern Conference. So we're not going to see a ton of shakeup in the East. Maybe we see Detroit replace Philly or Miami. But besides that, not much shakeup. In the West, we maybe see Utah slide in there. I I still don't buy the Clippers sliding in there, but maybe we see Utah slide in there. So there's not going to be a ton of movement in the playoff race, just seeding changes maybe. But at this point, it's like, Bring on May. Bring on the playoffs. There's not a ton that's going to change in the standing. Maybe Golden State and Houston flip-flop. Maybe Boston and Toronto flip-flop. But I think how you see it now is similar to what we're going to see come mid-April. And I'm I'm excited to watch the Rockets in the playoffs and seeing if they could trump the almighty Warriors come playoff time. Because everyone's expecting Warriors-Cavs once again. But now we see if the Celtics or Raptors can do it or Houston can do it. So that's really what we're looking for. Other than that, I got baseball on the mind now with this weather. Eric Cosmer signs a record deal. He signs the biggest deal with the, in Padres history. Eight years, $144 million guaranteed. He finally gets it and this has been a very odd off season. Guys are st- starting to fall a little bit, but there's still free agents out there and spring training has started. I mean, I'm Working the Mets Braves game coming up. The season, the games start in a few days. I mean the twenty-second, twenty-third is when they start. How about that? They're right here. And I forgot to mention NBA wise. Give credit Spencer Dinwiddie having a remarkable season for the Nets. Wins the skills challenge and, and he's really making a name for himself. And if he I've said it before, if he just does a little bit less Kobe like moves, taking every shot down the stretch. This guy is going to be and already is a good guard that is getting overlooked for now, but I think he's going to have his time to shine very soon. And he's shining for the Nets, so give credit to Spencer Dinwiddie. But yeah, the biggest contract in Padres history, Eric Cosmer. I mean, he's going to have to deal with essentially eight years of losing. The Padres stink, and he's going to a team that really no one's going to be looking at him. He's gonna fly so under the radar with the Padres, and I think he likes that. It seems like he goes from Kansas City to San Diego. Talk about two small baseball markets. The Royals are a good team, but I don't consider them a. They're not a big market team. And he goes from like a, a mid-market team to the Padres, who I consider a small market baseball team, a team who hasn't had a ton of success, a team that's rebuilding, and he's gonna kind of just. Float into oblivion kind of like Robinson Cano Cano signed that big 10-year deal with the Mariners from New York and hardly anyone talks about him in Seattle I mean no one really cares about him he goes to a Padres team that hasn't made the playoffs in 12 years 2006 they made it 05 and 06 but they lost in the first round of the Cardinals both times and prior to that they didn't make it till 98 where they lost the Yankees in the World Series So in the last 20 years, the Padres have had two playoff appearances that ended in first-round exits. In the last dozen years, they haven't made the playoffs. So this is a team that started in 1969 and has made the playoffs a total of five times with no World Series. So maybe Eric Hosmer gives the Padres their first World Series, but I am not expecting much. And I'm just glad he signed with someone. We talked about the the Mets added Todd Frazier. The Mets also add Jason Vargas. And solidify the rotation when healthy, if healthy. And if the Mets stay healthy, they're an intriguing team. I don't want to have high hopes for them because I did last year and they let me down. Part of me thinks they have a shot to be good, and the rest of me thinks they'll be bad again. Overall, it was a decent off season. It wasn't a great offseason. It wasn't a bad offseason. But when you break down what the Mets did, they brought back Jay Bruce. They bring back a power hitter, a good clubhouse guy, and a guy who Mets fans started to warm up to after his struggling start. You bring him back. You get him on the, on the cheap. For what the numbers and the production he puts up, $13 million a year is not bad, considering he has similar to maybe better numbers than Eric Osmer, and he got him for cheaper. You only give him three years. You don't give him a deep five-year deal. You bring in a reliever in Swarzak, who's whatever. Okay, I'll take it. You bring in Todd Frazier, good clubhouse guy. Get him on the cheap. I mean, the, the Mets are the king of shopping in the dollar menu. I mean, they are... They must eat McDonald's more than any baseball team ever because the Mets are bargain hunting, and they found a bargain in Todd Frazier. They kind of got a bargain with Jay Bruce. I wouldn't say they got a bargain with Anthony Swarczak, um, because he's just whatever, but they do need relievers. So if Swarzak could be effective, it makes things interesting. I don't think they got a bargain with Vargas, but I don't think they overpaid for him at all for the year he had. And he's a lefty. And I think having a lefty is so important with Steven Matz's injury concerns that having a lefty now makes the Mets a more dangerous team because you have two lefties. You have Harvey who will hopefully have a resurgence. You have DeGrom and you have Syndergaard back healthy. So you look at the Mets and you have Syndergaard, DeGrom, I'd say Vargas should be the three, you have Harvey, and then Mats. You kind of want to mix the lefties and righties. So I'd say Harvey the four, Mats the five. On the outside looking in, you have Zach Wheeler still. And then if you want to look a little further, you have Seth Lugo and Robert Gizelman. So the Mets have eight guys capable of starting. And I think that for them is essential with the injuries that I've got on. And I think having more starters than less in today's day and age is essential. With all the injuries that go on, it allows them to put Wheeler in the bullpen. You have Wheeler, Schwarzak, Ramos, Familia, and Jerry Blevin. So I'm curious how that Mets pitching staff holds up. It looks good on paper. I think Travis Darnot is a X is a X factor, and he's got to improve and stay healthy. Catching is the question mark. Adrian Gonzalez can he have a resurgence? is a question mark, but you have Cabrera, who you know what you're going to get. We'll see how he does it defensively in a second. You have off-the-bench Flores. You have Dom Smith, who's going to compete with Gonzalez. You have Rosario, who you hope takes another step. You have Frazier, who you know should give you 20 and 60 around there. Probably not hit for average, but a good leader and a good defensive player. And then you have Cespedes saying he wants to be an MVP this year and left, and you hope he stays healthy and drinks some water, stays off the golf course and maybe hits some less cigarettes. And then you have Bruce who you know you're gonna get maybe hopefully a thirty and hundred and right. and then you're hoping now Conforto is hitting off a T in advance. You hope he comes back May first. Mets stay healthy. looks solid on paper. looks like a team that could compete for the playoffs on paper and if healthy. We'll see. But I'm not as down on the Mets as I was maybe a month ago. I think I'm a, I've warmed up a little bit because the fact that they have some depth that there is an injury. They have Wheeler could step in, unless Matt's is the guy out or Harvey's the guy out. But I, I think their rotation is solid, and I think that extra starter that you could throw in the bullpen makes their reliever solid. Hopefully you see less of Hansa Robles, Paul Seawild, Seawald, Rafael Montero, Chris Flexen. You're hoping that it's in the bullpen. Wheeler, Gazelman, Lugo, Familia, Swarzak, Ramos, Blevins. And maybe you won't even have to CC Walt Robles, Montero. But we'll see. A lot of ifs. But I think things are looking a little bit more positive, at least in Mets land. And it's almost like you forget that on the other side of the town, the New York Yankees have Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, and Gary Sanchez. You almost forget that Stanton's on the team. He is. And that is going to be a scary Yankees team. They'll have to compete with the Red Sox who finally signed the power hitter and J.D. Martinez. It took him long enough. The Red Sox ranked last in the American League with 168 homers last year. Stanton, Judge, Sanchez, Didi Gregorius, members of the New York Yankees, just them four combined for 169 home runs last year. More than the entire Red Sox team. So we'll see if J.D. Martinez... Could add some powers. He signs a five-year, $110 million contract. $22 million a year for J.D. Martinez. Clearly coming off his best year. 45 homers in 119 games for the Tigers and D-backs. That's pretty impressive considering he still missed 43 games and hit 45 homers. The guy hit essentially one homer every couple games. So I guess the timing worked out. He deserves it. Now we find out if he can help the Red Sox to make them good enough to compete with the Yankees. And it, it might not be that way if Mike Moustakis now falls in the Yankees' lap. Man, if they could stand the luxury tax and get Mike Moustakis, that's scary. It's scary to think of this Yankees lineup plus Mike Moustakis. And the Royals are still in play. The Yankees are in play, and the White Sox are in play. Where will Mustakis end up if he goes to the Yankees? My God, they're back to the, just the evil. I mean, they already are the evil empire. But if they add Mustakis as well, a team that probably doesn't even need Mike Mustakis, I mean, you're, people are going to shoe in the Yankees for the World Series. It's all on paper. We know we thought the Mets were going to be great last year, and they stunk. Injuries happen. Things happen. But on paper, the Yankees look really good if they end up getting another bat in Mike Bustakis. But baseball's here. Pitchers and catchers here. The games are days away. The weather looks like baseball weather in New York, 70 degrees tomorrow. I mean, it is unbelievable. The Rays are looking like they're going to use a four-man rotation after trading away Jake Odorizzi. How about Eric Dickerson? They get C.J. Kron, and they just drop Eric Dickerson. Designated for assignment. And I keep saying Eric Dickerson, like our former guest, and the former NFL running back did not switch to baseball. is actually Corey Dickerson. Excuse me. But Corey Dickerson, I'm saying the Tigers could acquire him. But, I mean, this guy's had a remarkable season. And I love the Mets again. They're not going to because they have Conforto coming back. But, man, if they had, that, if they had Dickerson, as Bruce – and you, you maybe put Bruce at first. Imagine that. Bruce at first, Gonzalez off the bench, Dom Smith maybe back to the minors. And you sign Dickerson. And the Mets, Dickerson, Bruce Cespedes. Conforto, Frey, I mean, if the Mets ended up somehow getting Dickerson, it'd be pretty exciting. It's not going to happen, but it's it's a it's a dream. But it's interesting that they designated a guy for assignment who had a remarkable year. He was an All-Star in 2017. And Corey Dickerson, not Eric Dickerson. So that that made me scratch my head. But I guess there just wasn't a spot for him. This is the Jake Brown Show, Radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify. Coming up this week, I didn't even mention, our guest for the week coming up. Former NBA big man Scott Pollard will join us. We had a long conversation about everything basketball, from Tim Donahue to his career to the game today to his podcast, to his wife, to his family. A lot of good stuff with Scott Pollard. And speaking of baseball, former former backup catcher, one of the greats, one of the great backup catchers maybe ever, Todd Pratt, the real Todd Pratt. Will you stand up? He joins us this week. Todd Pratt and Scott Pollard joining the show. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, rate us, review us, and Spotify as well. The Phillies reportedly are talking to Jake Arrieta, who is somehow still a free agent. I mean, it's amazing some of these guys are a free agent. In other news, the in football news, as we switch over the Bucks cutting Doug Martin, running back as a free agent. And you would think that maybe the Jets and Giants will be giving Doug Martin's agent a call. Louisville to vacate their 2013 national title and take Banner down after the NCAA upholds the penalties against them. The infractions force Louisville men's basketball program to vacate wins during the 2011 and 2014 seasons, the 11-12 and through 14-15 seasons, including that title in 2013. Because student-athletes competed while ineligible during those academic years. You feel bad for Louisville, but, I mean, they still got the ring. These guys still want it may, it may be taken away from them, but they're not taking away the ring. And that's what Kevin Ward, the guy who had that gruesome knee injury, said, who was dominating overseas. He was playing in China, I believe. I've DM'd him before trying to get him on, but the time difference is crazy over there. But... It, it happened you cheat and it happens so it's unfortunate but that's that's the game Mark Cuban losing is our best option on the struggling Mavericks and he's right I mean the, look at that's that's something also to watch for as the next fan the lottery there are a bunch of 18 win teams Suns, 18 wins. Mavericks, 18 wins. Kings, 18 wins. Grizzlies, 18 wins. Magic, 18 wins. Hawks, 18 wins. Six 18-win teams. The Knicks at 19. That's That's the top seven. Eight, the Bulls. Nine, the Knicks at 23 and 36. And then 10, the Lakers at 23 and 34. And remember who has that Brooklyn Nets pick, as they are just a win ahead of those six teams. In a couple of days, in a week, the Nets could be the number one team. And you know who has that Nets pick, and Pat is a Nets fan. The Cleveland Cavaliers could potentially get the number one pick in the draft. We could have Trey Young potentially on the Cavs. Maybe LeBron stays if Trey Young does. And then things get interesting with Trey Young and LeBron James. LeBron James. That's a scary thought. That they have the Nets pick. Another traded Nets pick in in the just gruesome trades that happen in their run. Meanwhile, the Knicks fighting to get worse. Fighting to try to enter that top five equation and trying to get it right. I'm not saying Frank Nilakina is is wrong. But they missed out on Donovan Mitchell's killing the league and Dennis Smith Jr.'s killing the league. And they were stuck with a 19-year-old project. It wasn't a good pick, let's be real. No matter what Nilakina comes, Dennis Smith Jr. and Donovan Mitchell were both by far the better pick for the Knicks and could have made this team better. Nilekina, I'm not sold on. I'm not giving up on him. But, I mean, the Knicks missed out on two... Franchise-changing players for a 19-year-old project from France—they messed up, and the rebuild has begun with them. The Nets, I think, are rebuilding right. The Knicks are in the midst of a uh, damn—we were almost a playoff team till we're not, till we lost our superstar, till we're forced to lose this season and next season because you're not having things for the first half of next season either. So that's something to watch out for too. As we're as we're a few minutes left in the program. These teams fighting for lottery picks and rebuilding. The Knicks are doing it. The Bulls are doing it. The Nets are doing it. The Magic are doing it. The Hawks are doing it. The Mavericks are rebuilding. The Suns are rebuilding. The Kings are rebuilding. The Grizzlies are rebuilding. And the Lakers are also rebuilding, but they're in a rebuild that is very close to striking rich with all the money they have coming off the books and all the money they'll have to spend in the offseason. That is going to be intriguing to watch come the offseason. The Jake Brancher, radio.com, iTunes, Spotify, um, man, apartment searching and other news as we wrap up is probably the worst, man. There's always an issue with these apartments you search for. I mean, trying to live with random roommates in itself is very difficult in New York city. One, these places are expensive for little space. You have to find the right roommate vibe. Some of these people are just weirdos. I mean, they're just some strange people you got to live with um that i would not live with and it's so difficult to find just the perfect roommates mixed with the perfect location mixed with the perfect room and nice house and a good landlord it is impossible to match all these things up and i'm just trying to wrap my head around where i'm coming to the point where i might move around the corner just to make it convenient and i gotta worry about a possible moving truck if i do move that's not around the corner a place around the corner two people there two open rooms it's a four bedroom one bathroom same situation I'm in now but I I met one of the guys and he's like a 42 year old personal trainer from somewhere in Europe so it's like I don't want to live with I mean this older guy I'm 27 I'm still young and then I didn't meet the other guy I think his name was like Boban Bogdanovich or something it might be it might be uh the king or net former net but just that's my situation the place around the corner has got two guys i don't know if i'll get along with who knows and it's got another open room so there's going to be another potential roommate so i need to try and bring in someone i know so at least i have one friend so that's great i mean it's eight hundred dollars all utilities included which is affordable especially astoria and it's right around the corner where i can just drag my bed over down the street an old place she has permits out for renovation there's a place another one around the corner next to the park nine fifty Again, not a terrible price, a little expensive. Big-ass room. I mean, big-ass room. It's got a king-size bed in it. It is huge. But didn't meet the other two roommates. Only met the guy who I'd be replacing, who was cool. And this was like a rap producer, and he's he's worked with T.I. a little bit. Pretty interesting. But didn't meet the other two roommates, and there's no living room. So it was like each place has a good, and then it's got... Uh, bad. So I'm I'm trying to figure out where in eight days. And we had a similar situation in September where I almost couldn't find a place to live, and then the day before I fi- found it. I got eight days left and have not made a decision yet because each place has a negative. I just can't find an apartment that's right. Pat, what about like searching like Hoboken? I've searched Hoboken. Too expensive. Too, exp- too more expensive. Eh, too expensive. Okay. I mean, it is just every place has an issue. Place I look at yesterday, Long Island City. Girl's a weirdo. I mean, this just it's a weird person is like it's middle of like nowhere. There's not much to do. Boom, the worst. And I I always mention this: freaking cats. And the places with cats are the worst. There was a place that was seven twenty five on the street of Queens Comfort. Gone. They end up giving it to someone else. Another place. Gone. They give it to someone else. I mean, I'm as good of a roommate as you could have. I'm probably as chill of a roommate as anyone could have. Just don't have cats. Don't be dirty, and have a good be be a good time. Your girl, hopefully you have good-looking friends. (laughs) But it's not that difficult. And for some reason, it is just so difficult to find the perfect spot, to the point where I might as well just stay. There's just always the cat, messy, sloppy, weirdo, bad location, too far from the train another place i looked at the other day it had one of those small spiral staircases to get down. it was in the basement i guess the apartment's on the main floor but you to get to the bedroom you have to go down this tight thing meanwhile i'm three, two i'm trying to get down this spiral staircase just to get to the freaking room think if i wasn't sober how the hell am i going to get down this freaking spiral staircase to get to my damn bed at night i mean just every place with an issue There's just no apartment where I could say, perfect, lock me in, sign me up. And that's the difficulty when you live with randoms. Will you click with them? Just every place. I could go through every one and boom, boom, issue, 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 issue. Dirty, old, weirdo, expensive, utilities too much. And none of these places have cable. What happened to people with cable? I know it's expensive these days, but when you split it with 3 or 4 people, it's like an extra $15 or $20. Is everybody watching on the internet these days? Did everyone get rid of cable? I got to watch games. I got to watch the Nick, I got to watch these things, and I know you could do that online, but it doesn't always have the local channels. All I asked for is a cable provider to give me the game show network. Is it hard to ask? <laughs> just trying to watch some family feud. But every one of these places doesn't have cable to the point where if I'm not comfortable with the roommates or they're weird or something, I'm not going to be like, hey, you guys want to split cable? I mean, none of these places. It's always like includes the internet with the utility. But why not cable? Shows cable some love. Can you get your own cable? I'm not I don't want to pay the hundred dollars. No, no, I know. But thing. is that an option though? You Can you get? Yeah, but it's expensive. So I, it's like I want if it's four bedrooms, i love for everyone to be in on it. Right. No, I, mean, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm paying extra for the cable for myself. So if you want to join in on the cable parade, please come join. But not one of these places, it's like, oh, did you totally include cable? Oh, it's like it includes Internet. Show some love to the cable. I mean, I understand the pro- – and they are nuts, and I hate dealing with Spectrum. They're the worst company ever. Just an embarrassment to society is what they are. But – there's certain channels you need, and I also don't like watching in bed on my laptop. I don't like watching TV on my computer. I use the laptop to get work done, to to do other things, not to watch movies. I don't like watching on a laptop. The only thing thing I try to watch on the laptop is if I miss an episode of Catfish, I'll watch that. Another one. I need the TV for that. Can't, why don't you get a, um, a device to mirror it to the TV, like a Chromecast? I have the Chromecast. Right. Just mirror it to the TV. But not all... But not all things will pop up. You could do that. And for, even for, like, say, MSG. I can't watch. Right. The, the, those don't, those aren't on YouTube TV. I'm not paying for NBA League pass. And luckily the Knicks are out of it. But I'm ready for Knicks. Like, I got to watch some of these games. And there's just no cable. I mean, just give me liberty or give me death. Give me cable or give me death. And not one of these freaking places will give me cable. I just don't understand it. It's just, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around that none, not almost, it's probably like 10% of these apartments actually have cable TV. Everyone's watching their computer. No one, no one loves the game show network, I guess. It's, it's un oh, it's so frustrating along with you have a cat or you're weird and all this, um, it's just too much instagram live we actually we're on facebook live with the new screen there's actually a time limit and i only have a minute 45 left and that's perfect because we're going to end the show yeah, anyway but i didn't realize there was a time limit we have been going a while that means almost an almost hour an hour um that instagram is telling me to stop they don't even want me to be broadcasting anymore so i'm going to listen to instagram and wrap it up but coming up on the show this week this show is by itself but coming up we have former met great backup catcher todd pratt former nba big man scott pollard Joins the show, really good interview. Both good interviews. The real Todd Pratt, who I said, I I said when I talked to him on Twitter, he was fake, because someone told me it's fake, and it actually was him. So I did not interview the fake Latrell Spreewell, the fake Todd Pratt. I did interview the fake Latrell Spreewell, but not the fake Todd Pratt. It was the real one. Um, so subscribe on iTunes, rate it, review it. Follow us at Jake Brown Show at Jake Brown Radio. Check those interviews out. Wednesday and Thursday show today, Tuesday. Hope everyone had a great Valentine's Day. I saw Wicked. It was very good. Uh, not one of my favorites but I have been listening to the popular song um, from there and Defying Gravity obviously the top two Wicked's a must see it took me way too long to see it and it's been out forever but I'm glad I won Valentine's Day I won the lottery so it's it's good timing uh, for that thanks to Pat Ann, and Eddie behind the boards uh, t- we're rocking the TO prototype 81 signed hat Charles Jenkins signed jersey Uh, Make sure you like us on Facebook, hopefully for more videos like this in the future. Uh, Thanks to Fergie for the national anthem as well. She gave us plenty of good stuff there. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next time right here on The Jake Brown Show on Radio.com. Peace.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?